this week, we immure ourselves to spy on all of you. Unfortunately, it's also pruning away our sanity. This and more on episode 162 of Indie Game Riot. Everybody, I am Josh, and also sick. Joined by Ian, who also claims to be sick. Also uh, sick. So I apologize ahead of time for our pre prepubescent voices crackling, uh, such as they do. And <laughs> I'm being distracted. It's okay because there's like tea. I have like three. I literally have three mugs of tea right now. Oh no, two two mugs of tea and one mug of water. So uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So I. I just discovered this, like, in the middle of the night last night. I was like, my throat kind of feels weird. And then by the end of the day, it's it's sounding like this now. I usually don't lose my voice when I'm sick, even when I have a sore throat. But yeah. for whatever reason, this is, like, clinging to that spot right back where your voice box is. Uh, and it's uh, pissing me off. So I apologize oh, yeah. uh, for the way I sound. But, you know, at least I can... I can't even do a lower register because it's just crackly now. Yeah, it's it's. But at least you're here. But uh, at least you're here. I apologize for missing last week, but there was a, a family, a personal thing going on with uh, Ian's side of the family, and or not Ian's side, but Ian's side of the indie game riot family, I should say. Uh, so there's that. But uh, other than that, uh, anything uh, interesting happening that uh, in the past couple of weeks? So oh, I, uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, not really, not really. Uh, yeah, aside from that, uh, I had to attend, attend a funeral, so that was low, and then I got sick immediately afterwards. Um, uh, you know, yeah. you know how it goes, the funeral crud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, like the con crud, but... You know, especially, this was a massive, again. Sorry. Possibly the biggest theater I've ever been to. So. Sorry, by the way. I, I when, it come to, when it comes to death and sad things like that, my, my defense is to make jokes. I'm, oh, like, no, I'm one of those hey, assholes. I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Don't, don't worry. No, you can't. You can't phase me. That's, it's, it's all good. You know what? One thing about funerals, like, I always feel like, and maybe it's just me, because I want people to do it at my funeral, is to, I'd rather people laugh. Yeah, like I don't yeah. want to be more impressed. Like I know it's sad, but well, this this was actually a very, very, very jubilant uh, funeral. My girlfriend's family is—they're a rowdy, a rowdy bunch. And <laughs> so it was, it was a, it was a, a, a it was like a, a Viking fire. funeral. They're just drinking and slamming things under the yeah. Ground. Well, you know, she, uh, her, you know, her family's—they're all Middle Eastern, so they're these just okay. like really bombastic, uh, you know. I don't know. About, I've never really. Uh, no, known anything about like Middle Eastern cultural funerals oh, or anything like that? They, they they like to eat, they like to drink, they like to party, and the family is gigantic. So <laughs> fuck time. <laughs> so yeah, it was, a, it was you know it was a good time. It was a, it was a, a you know joy a, a joyful send off. Oh, sure. that's good. I'm glad. Uh, I hope she's okay. If she's doing okay, but for sure, yeah, yeah. Thank you. But yeah, that's the most interesting thing that's happened to me. Uh, How's her game jam going? 
Oh, everything is so. Oh, that, yeah. So actually, this one has been a has been a, a three week one. So we're doing a, a haunted house game this uh, this uh, this week. Uh, the, the past three weeks, so that one's going pretty well. Um, had a group that was like uh, going to do voiceover. Actually, I think I had mentioned you, uh, them to you a couple of weeks ago, uh, but they they've since run out of time. So hopefully they'll yeah. be it and can can continue on their path um so yeah yeah it's, it's been exciting it's been busy as as usual how about you uh i took my kids trick-or-treating we went to the renaissance fair because i think that was all after the last episode we had because i think last episode was halloween right possible so. no was it no you mentioned the red the ren fair i think last time i don't know you were talking about how impressed you were with the uh, the Ren Fair employees who were yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. What? I don't know. I've lost. Like I said, I'm what, not in touch what with What year is this? I don't know. <laughs> like Christopher Lloyd. What year is it? Uh. Yeah, and I apologize for lost train of thoughts and everything like that, and and just. And we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get. We're gonna get through it together. Don't you worry. Uh, there, I feel like there's something. Oh yeah. There's a, I got a little surprise coming up for probably, I'm trying to decide where I should put it, probably after any news injection, I'm going to put it. It's going to happen between breaks, but I'll keep it recorded for those of you uh, watching the, the VOD, the VOD, the video on demand, as the kids say nowadays. I've The, the VOD squad? The, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's so, so, <coughs> so many people. Uh, in the past, like, couple months have been commenting on how young I look because they can't, because it's funny because I'll mention I have, like, a wife and kids and they're like, oh, God, how old are you? And I'm like, 30. I'm like, oh, I thought you were, like, 18. You know, like, somewhere around 20, 18, 19, 20, 21, that you, sort of you thing. You have a youthful glow about you. But, well, until you start looking closer and then you start <laughs> to see the cracks and the gray hair. Um, but... The, it's funny because I, I also the other reason that they do this is because I constantly date myself now. I was talking to I was talking to people, I was talking to people in like the break room uh, at my secondary like job thing that I have um, to to supplement my income. That's what I was looking for. Uh, I was talking to people and they uh, I, I mentioned something. I was like, oh, we were reminiscing about nostalgic things. I was like, oh, yeah, man. I remember, like, Dunkaroos. You remember Dunkaroos, right? You're not Dunkaroos, that much younger than me. Dunkaroos exist here. They are, they are here. Fantastic. Last week. That's awesome. That's good to know because I love Dunkaroos. But they were like, what the fuck are you talking about, Dunkaroos? And, talking, and these people are, like, 19 years old, 20, 21. I'm like, Jesus Christ, man. I got to go sit down or something and whittle, whittle in a rocking chair. I feel you, man. The other day, I, I was I walked into class and I, I I told my buddy Hunter I was like I have Weapon of Choice by Fat Boy Slim stuck in my head, and he <laughs> said Fat Boy what? <laughs> and I was like, Oh my god, I'm so old. Oh no, Fat Boy Slim, that's good shit. <laughs> now he's he's pretty horrible, but at the same time, you just can't help but listen. And so there's so there's, there's something there. I mean, it gets stuck in your head. That's that's, that's very true. Well, uh, you know what can get stuck in your arm? Uh, an in uh, injection. An indie uh, news injection, baby. Are you bored with the same old games? 
Yeah. Why, then give yourself an Indie News injection. Thanks, Indie Games. This week on Indie News Injection, we've got actually a good bit of news, probably because we missed a couple of weeks or whatever. But uh, if some of these are old, I apologize if you already know about them, but we're going to talk about that anyway. So, uh, you know, we have the power here, so fuck you. Um, first one, uh, surprise, surprise, No Man's Sky, <laughs> let me get the thing up, is back in news with a new major update. Uh, <clears throat> let me get the article open so i can talk about media it. media darling no man's sky i might need you to pick me up by the way i need you as backup if my voice gives out and i'm just like oh. i got you i got you don't don't you worry i'll i'll talk about no man's sky till my voice gives out <laughs> it's a uh, it's the the update is called the abyss um and it's all it's very focused on the underwater part of no man's sky which to this date um or i don't know to this date when did this actually come out um or is it coming out halloween is it? Let's see. We're prepared here. It doesn't actually say. Well, it, I read it and then I forgot because it's been a while. Um, but anyway, the point is that uh, they have really neglected the underwater portion as far as like content goes. It's never really been worth exploring. There Before this, there were creatures in the water. And some actually cool-looking creatures, too. There were, like, some narwhal-looking things in there. And it was like, kind of interesting. But now they really uh, overhauled the underwater part. There's some really interesting stuff. Like, you, there's, a, there's, like, this eyeball thing that I think, like, mesmerizes you or fucks with your head underwater or something like that. You can actually build your base underwater now, which is, uh, I don't think you could do before. So that's kind of nice. Um, just a lot, it's just a lot more variety in, in animal uh, and, and plant life. Um, I think there's actually underwater missions now that you can find, uh, like sunken wrecks and uh, some modules under there, uh, buildings, and, and uh, I think there's even a submarine now. I'm not entirely sure, um, but it's a pretty big update, uh, which makes it a pretty big deal. So congratulations, No Man's Sky, for getting back in the news once again. Um, Another thing that's coming back in the news, because we talked about it somewhat recently, is that the Indicate Awards uh, have been announced, the winners. Um, let me know if any of these games tickled your fancy, especially since we talked about the last time, or if they were surprised or anything like that. But uh, the... Uh, maybe we should start from the bottom. So I can leave... No, no, no. Wait, what am I looking at here? Hold on. Where's the where's like the big one? Am I am I missing it? Like the Seamus McNally? Uh Am I thinking of the wrong contest? My brain is possibly. so fucked. Anyway, alright, fuck it, I'll just read it. <laughs> Indicade Indicade Indie fuck me. Indicade Grand Jury Award, Bluebeard's Pride. Blue Bluebeard's Bride was the winner of that, um, which is like a, a horror tabletop RPG, which actually sounds kind of interesting to me. Um, Bluebeard being like a from the fables, I guess you would say. Is that, is that that's from like a fable, right? Bluebeard. Um, I know. Oh yeah, yeah. Because it was in it was in the fables, the the graphic novel slash Telltale game. Bluebeard. Right, like right, right. Um, but they they won that kleptocrat, which I have heard of that won the uh, jury pre award. Uh I was very interested in Kleptocrat when I saw it on the Indiecade page. Yeah, Kleptocrat's pretty interesting to me. Um, a lot of these are actually surprisingly um, like physical games. 
that that one. Um, the Impact Award was the game, the game. Great. Uh, <laughs> Impact Awards usually is like uh, discusses social issues and stuff like that, but um, th- that one is specifically uh, talks about like it, it kind of covers like the the. Do you remember those like really bad games where it's like teaching people to teaching guys how to pick up chicks? Right, like, right, be a right. Bro. So it's it's the game as in as in like pickup artistry. Yeah, the yeah. Game. It's covering that kind of that situation. All the the prominent seduction co- coaches that are out there apparently, um, and it does it through the the format of a dating sim. Fascinating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Innovation and Interaction Design Award, which uh, this one's like an ARG, um, where you let's see uh, Tendar, Tend, Tend AR or Tendar. I'm not right. This is really like Tinder. I'm not sure. Uh, I've not heard of it before. But anyway, it's a humorous, fun, and provocative installation expanding the mythology of Tinder app. The installation combines environmental storytelling, AR, and emotion face recognition technology. Uh, so you can actually like. It'll scan things in in real life, and I believe you can like add them to your inventory for usage. I'm not exactly sure, um, but it's kind of there's there's like more details to it if you want to read through it. But we don't have a lot of time to cover everything. Um, to list off some other ones, uh, innovation interactive design award or no no I just covered that innovation and experience design award uh, was Asta Grande uh, innovation <coughs> innovation in a, an aesthetics design award Nishan Shaman. Which actually really does look good uh, when you're talking about aesthetics. The, the art in that's really cool looking. It's like very, uh, it's not, it's kind of tribal, but mixed with like an Asian, uh, an Asian style as well. I'm not yeah, the the, really... the art is staggeringly beautiful. Yeah, uh, the Indicate Choice Award was one hand clapping. Which can you do that? Like that right. sort of thing. Like that. It sounds like you're fapping, but you know what I mean. Uh, Indicate Developer's Choice Award was Blindfold. <laughs> this is the content you come here for, folks. <laughs> Just us like, waving our hands in the air like we're, like we're mentally challenged. Um, I, th- <clears throat> I Thrive, Find the Kind Prize, uh, was, is, well, was won by I Was There, or I Was Here, excuse me. Um... Kate Edwards won the Game Changer Award, so that's an, an, an individual who has impacted the gaming landscape in a significant way, uh, was a positive disruptor, or who has brought a paradigm shift to the community of, of uh, indie games. Um, and Kate Edwards is the CEO and principal consultant of Geography, a consultancy for content culturalization, a board member of Take This, which we support, um, thanks to uh, one of our uh, listeners slash watchers slash IRX uh, goers um, Zed Suzanne uh, Jackie who's a lawyer and also want to take this um, and is the former executive director of the International Game Developers Association aka the IGDA from 2012 to 2017 um, she does a bunch of other stuff she worked for Microsoft and uh, she did some she consulted for like Bioware Google Amazon Facebook and stuff like that um, she was in Fortune Magazine, named her, uh, she, they named her as one of the 10 most powerful women in the game industry. Holy shit. Yeah. 
she's got some shit going on so congratulations Kate uh, the Bernie D. Coven Big Fun Award was won by Douglas Wilson uh, which the award is an honorary award created in collaboration with Bernie DeCoven to honor his legacy and to recognize individuals or organizations significantly furthering the field and impact of new big physical games. Um, and then there were some other ones for uh, Indicade Europe. Um, their grand prize was What the Golf. Jerry Prix was Laser Mazer. The Choice Award was a tie between Baba is You and Carly and the Reaper Man Escape from the Underworld. Just another game that I'm very interested in. And uh, the Trailblazer Award, uh, which was won by Michael Salmon, and I hope I pronounced it right, uh, and Aria Harvey. So good job, folks. That's uh, indicated 2018. So yet another thing that we're uh, that we've covered previously and have new updates on is Microsoft Studios has officially bought. Because we talked about that they looked like they were going to do it, but they didn't do it. They officially bought Obsidian Entertainment and In Exile Entertainment. How do you That's feel intense. about that? That's big. I mean, it's it's interesting because what they what they've in effect done is is purchased Black Isle in its in its sort of stratified form. So, I mean, you know, it could be really good. Like, it, it's not that you know, Obsidian has worked with sort of big monstrous publishers before. They yeah. have, but at the same time, I appreciate, like, the things that they've done for the most part, like, they worked with Bethesda, obviously, on, um, uh, New Vegas, New Vegas, and it was, for, in my opinion, the best Fallout game to come yeah. out. By the way, Fallout 76, not buying that bullshit. That yeah, I've heard, it's, I've heard it's, I've heard it's disastrously bad. It's, it's, it was so like, it's staggeringly just bad. Listen to anyone in the game industries. Fuck off with that multiplayer shit. You either make a multiplayer game that's like, like a party game, or you know, a competitive game, which is fine. Whatever. Leave that to people who like that. Or you make a single player game. Yeah. Don't fucking cram it in both. Anyway. <laughs> I, I get the impression that the that the outcome is basically just like a shitty MMO. It's Fallout it's 4. fundamentally broken PvP. It's Fallout 4 reskinned and extra buggy. And with, like, a bunch of cool shit stripped out from what I gather, too. But I say this not having played Fallout there's no, 4. There's no story if you're into there's it. Story, no, no proper NPCs at all. Uh, anyway, Obsidian made the best Fallout game, in my opinion. But I believe that's because they had they were they're offered more leeway because of their reputation. And when yep. they have their own games that they work on, such as Pillars of Eternity, uh, look how fantastic those games were. It's true. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't well, know as much about In Exile. Yeah, well, so In Exile is everybody else from the old Fallout team. It's like, what, Brian Fargo, I think, maybe Tim Kaine. And uh, they did the Wasteland games. Uh, they did the new Torment game. Um, they yeah, okay, yeah. did... Oh, I think I think some of them may be Troika, former Troika employees too. Wonder, so like, I wonder if Microsoft's like trying to like. Lines. I wonder if they're trying to like move in on the the CRPG thing because I, I mean that's. I think they must because that's that would be the only reason to get to get those guys. I think. I mean, I those like guys they, are, are. I wonder good. if they sent out offers to. Uh, I wonder if they sent out an offer to um, Divinity, the, the Divinity devs, Divinity uh, Original Sin. 
Yeah, yeah. Be, because I be. because I feel like they see how how much money these games have made, and they're like, yeah, I want a piece of that shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's still that. But that, uh, Obsidian also did like um, uh, you know Obsidian has has worked with with big IPs before as well. So not only Fallout, but also uh, sort of got put on the map. I think doing Kotor too. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the uh, at the behest of Bioware, who I guess were working on Jade Empire at the time. Yeah. But uh, um, so they think I th- I feel like I feel like they can probably go toe to toe with uh, with with Microsoft, and I feel like you know it, the, I I don't get the impression that it was a hostile takeover. So I, I feel like no, I'm I, sure they I, made I, bank, I and I'm sure they're happy with that. The, the yeah. people that own it. So I mean, there's that. And it could it, be worse. It could have been EA. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say as a fan, I'm just apprehensive, but because because Microsoft's kind of a flip of the coin whether or not they're gonna fuck it up or not. Yeah. Uh, I actually think they're doing okay with my when they bought Minecraft. Like it, it could have been horrible, but they they've done okay with it. I think. Um, Do they own the the Cuphead Studio as well? I can't. I can never remember. I think we've talked about. They they. I don't know. I mean, if they own it, it's in a way that like an investment sort of way. I think um, because they they bought exclusivity rights for Microsoft for Xbox and PC, and then. Um, <clears throat> and then they, I think they also uh, backed them uh, as a, basically as a publisher because uh, they needed that money because it was taking forever to develop. Right, right. They needed their resources. So, uh, but anyway, congratulations on the folks who owned Obsidian and Excel. You're very, very richer, more rich uh, at this point. And uh, Microsoft, don't fuck it up. Uh, but that said, we won't be talking about Obsidian or Exile games anymore because Microsoft owns them. Not that we really talked about them much before, because they were kind of one of those bubble. They're kind of one of those bubble studios as far as what's indie. But uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, once you, I mean, you don't like licensed licensed properties as it is, and once you've done Star Wars, I mean, you're about as licensed as you can get, right? That's, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, here's something that's on the complete opposite end of Obsidian and all that. Uh, Reddit. It's always a good way to start things off as Reddit. <laughs> Reddit uh, actually, uh, in, in a rare occurrence, uh, has something positive coming out of it. Um, there's a subreddit now called Making Games with Strangers, which I found really, really cool, where uh, you you I mean, you mean do what it says it does. You, you make games with people you don't know. You just uh, get a piece of it, and uh, everyone works their, their little bits into it, and I think... Something interesting comes out in the end. Are, would you, as a dev, be interested in, in like hopping in that, or do you, do yeah, you I mean, worry it, about the possible legal issues? Well, yeah, I mean the legal issues are going to be legal issues no matter what. And and here's here's something for all of you devs out there: like like do it right, get a lawyer, get your paperwork in order, no matter how you do it. Um, but you know, I got I got um, my first freelance gig i got through our you know game dev classifieds uh so yeah i mean i think it's great i mean <laughs> these communities need to happen um you know it's it's, it's always it's always going to be a crapshoot though because there's always going to be guys that you're gonna you're gonna find on there or whatever some people have the goods some people don't or whatever but it, it, yeah it's the same anywhere so um this is this is really interesting though uh 
it seems, it seems, I don't know, it, it like, uh, I'm trying to get a sense of the ways in which it's different from the, from the game dev classified. Well, well, the, the idea is that it's, it's, game, game dev classifieds is part of this, it's, it, but it's more of a, I, I should clarify, making games with strangers is more of a movement, I think, on Reddit. It's not like an actual thing. Like service? Yeah, it's not like, it's not like a game jam. Um, so game dev classifieds, uh, I need a team and that sort of stuff are kind of part of it where it's, it's just people like hopping into, uh, it's almost like pay it forward type of thing where, where like, you know, it's hard to find a, a team, but you know, like, Hey, I need this person to do this and you know, could you help me out and people help out sort of thing yeah. too. Um, once more proof that the indie game dev community is just fantastic. I would say. Sure. Uh, I'm just, although I am always waiting for that shooter drop because I can mention I feel like there could be legal issues if you don't get your shit together. Yeah, yeah. Again, again, before you make a team, make sure you have your shit together. <laughs> um, well, speaking of getting their shit together, and not that it was a part in the first place, but uh, again, we talked about this previously well before you even knew what I think about us, <laughs> uh, Ian, but um, uh, the game Zed which is a really beautiful adventure game, who is, which is being made by the art director of Myst, um, who we actually had the opportunity to interview um, a couple times, actually, once for IRX and, and once on the show. Um, but they just got picked up by a publisher. Um, and by the way, in the meantime, we, we actually haven't mentioned it, I don't think, but they, in the meantime, they actually have pushed uh, their game to be VR-focused uh, because it is very... It's, it's Myst in the puzzles... But with him being an art director, and it's very um, focused on the aesthetic and art, too. It's very nice looking. Um, but anyway, they're being published by Cyan Ventures. Uh, so I just wanted to give an update on Zed because uh, um, Chuck over there, who's, uh, who's runs the Eager Games, who makes that, um, is doing a really good job. And I'm glad that they're moving, still moving forward with that. So congratulations to the folks at Zed. Uh, another thing that we should be congratulating uh, are the indies making a splash at the Game Awards. Uh, have you checked out the Game Award uh, nominees yet? I have not. No. Yeah, it's, I'm if you, doing it right now. You can go to first of all. You can go to thegameawards.com. This is not like a, a sponsor or anything like that. It's just go to thegameawards.com, and you can actually vote for the people or for the games and people to win in their different categories. So you can you can influence this, um, but. Uh, some of the some of the indie games that are involved. First of all, there's one that's nominated for Game of the Year, so that's including things like Assassin's Creed Odyssey, God of War, Spider-Man, Monster Hunter, Red Dead Redemption 2. There's an indie game in there as well. A lot of people don't think it deserves to be there, and actually, I not to shit on this game because it's a fantastic game, but I think there are other indie games I think deserve that spot more. But either way, uh, Celeste, which we've covered before. Uh, is actually up for Game of the Year as well <coughs> by Matt Mix Games. Um, and Celeste is that puzzle platformer uh, where you're this girl that's like climbing a mountain. It has a really, really good soundtrack too. Um, and it's really cute, uh, cute art in it too. Uh, some of the other indie games, No Man's Sky is uh, best ongoing game, is nominated for that. Because I guess they're considering it since it's constantly getting updated, as you can tell, uh, with it being always in the news. Um, let me see other ones. Uh, best art, best, ugh, best game direction is what I'm trying to get. That um, a way out. 
Uh, although with that being, EA was heavily involved with publishing and getting that out there, but uh, it was technically indie with Hazel Light Studios, so that's there. Uh, let's see. Running down some of the other ones I saw here. Oh yeah, uh, best art direction. Uh, I re Return of the Obra Dinn, which we covered recently. That is in best art direction. Best score slash music. Celeste is uh, is nominated once again. And let's see. <laughs> For me, being a voice actor, there's best performance, which I always like. Although I feel like a lot of times the people I think deserve it get screwed out of uh, their award by someone else that who's not not talented. But anyway, it doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, let's see, games for impact. So that's like a thought-provoking game with a profound pro-social meaning or message. Uh, Celeste is uh, involved in that again. Florence. Uh, which we covered briefly, I think, in news once because it was nominated for some other awards. Uh, that's in there. And uh, The Missing, J.J. Macfield and the Island of Memories by White Owl slash Arc System Works. So that's heavily... Uh, of course, the games for impact a lot of times with the uh, indie game community. They're the ones that can really dig in to, to those like experimental games and, and social messages and stuff like that where corporate... Uh, where a corporate company doesn't want to get their hands dirty and you know um, and there is a section for best independent game the nominees for that are Celeste Dead Cells fantastic game I've actually recently been playing the shit out of that because it was fully released not too long ago uh, Into the Breach <coughs> excuse me and Return of the Oberdin and The Messenger The Messenger is the only one I haven't heard of I believe we've actually covered all of these except for that one I've never heard of The Messenger um, my choice for this, by the way, Dead Cells is pretty close, um, but my choice would be Return of the Overdin. It's, it's great. Uh, best mobile game has a lot of these are indie, a lot of these are indie games. Um, Donut County, which is actually kind of a fun little game. Florence, once again. And, uh, Reigns Game of Thrones, uh, which is developed by Nereal and published by, uh, Devolver. Although they misspelled it on the website. They call it Developer, developer Digital. Developer Digital. <laughs> uh, oh, and Best VR. I don't know if you would... I, I guess these are... Uh, yeah, these are indie games. Astrobot Rescue Mission. Beat Saber. Firewall Zero Hour. Moss, which, uh, which is cool. Um, and Tetris Effect. I think Moss is a really cool um, game in general. And I think Beat Saber will probably be up there too. A lot of people like that game. Best action game is Dead Cells for, for indie game. And see. I'm trying to see if I missed anything else. If you consider Pillars of Eternity 2 Dead Fire to be indie, uh, that's for, uh, for best role playing game. Um, yes, uh, my vote by default. I haven't even played it yet. My vote is fucking sick. Best family game, Overcooked 2, is nominated. Uh, the best strategy game, The Banner Saga 3, uh, Battletech, Frostpunk, Into the Breach, all but all but Valkyrie, Valkyrie, Val that that game by Sega, 
I can't, for whatever reason, I can't say it. But anyway, um, four of the five games are any games for that one. And let's see, I think, I think it's best student game. It's all indie, obviously, because they're all students. Um, Combat 2018-Quasar, Quasar, Quasar, uh, Jira, Jira, Lif, and RE Charge, or Recharge, I guess you would say, but you know, whatever. Um, best debut game for indies. Uh, Donut County, Florence, Moss, The Messenger, and Yoku's Island Express, which I have not heard of that. And then the rest are all like various personalities within esports and such. So I'm not going to go through that. Anyway, that was a long list. That was longer than I expected. But uh, congratulations to Indies on being well represented, I would say. Uh, I don't know how much you're going to win in, in amongst the AAA games. This sometimes doesn't really seem fair, but uh, it's cool to be nominated. Um, let's see. Do you have a dev del for today, or I was to- I was torn uh, about dev del today. First of all, I-, I enjoyed it so much the last time when we were just sort of discussing a topic, but I was torn about what to what to discuss today um, because I uh, I got into an argument with a buddy of mine the other day. <laughs> uh, he was uh, he was playing uh, what remains him. of a. Uh... <laughs> What what remains of Edith Finch? Uh-huh. Um, no, we we've all played that game, I think. And uh, he played it for about five minutes, and uh, he like got to the part where he you like open the mailbox, and he got so frustrated by the fact that in order to open the mailbox, he had to like, you know, press the button and use the analog stick. He found this to be incredibly invasive. He was like, "Why can't I just press a button?" And have it, have <laughs> it, seems, it happen. It seems a little bit of an overreaction, right? And, and I, I come down hard on like on like simulation for no reason, but that's very very conservative in that regard. Um, and I I don't uh, anyway. I flew into a blind rage <laughs> and was uh, was was uh, insisting that, that he was uh, you know he's a fool and, and just simply did not understand the nuance of good game design and so I was thinking about just sort of ranting about that for a while but but on the other hand I had this idea because I know that we we both really enjoy adventure games I know um, you know a lot of people in our chat. Uh, frequently in the chat, enjoy adventure games as well. Um, you know, and and so I wanted. I was thinking that we talk about well, well, you know, what makes a good adventure game? What do we like out of our adventure games? What actually constitutes an adventure game? Like, uh, you know, at what point does uh, you know our action adventure games, proper adventure games, where is the line drawn? Is uh, something like a uh, well, uh, to drop like a non-indie? I title guess here, technically, right? like ukulele. Is it yeah. an adventure game? Right? Is it an is it an adventure game? I consider so, it a collect them up, but I mean, technically, adventure game is very broad. Yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, what did, what is your take on that? What what constitutes well, that's an why, adventure? Game? That's why I don't really call what you're talking about adventure games adventure games. I call like Edith Finch. I call that a walking sim. Uh, even if there's more puzzles into it, it's still in that general walking sim arena. Uh, point and clicks are point and clicks, you know what I mean? But people call them adventure games. Um, you know, and then like, like, uh, Yuki, 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 that game. 
Um, the Banjo Kazooie clone that Banjo Kazooie does made. Um, that is a collect 'em up by my standards. I mean, that's a, it, you can call it like an action. So, is is anything an adventure game then, or is is adventure too broad a descriptor? You would always have to like. Not anything's uh, an adventure, but it's just it's just way too broad. I mean, at that point, it's like you know how we talked about rock the one time. It's like okay, well, this is rock. I'm like, well. Okay, you can consider a lot of things rock. There's like southern rock, there's pop rock, there's rap rock, there's heavy metal, there's you know what I mean? Yeah. It, you gotta you gotta start narrowing it down a little bit so people know what the hell you're talking about. It is true, it is true. And I I was thinking about well well what are some of the conventions that I commonly associate with it uh, you know, an adventure game. Uh, like a proper adventure game and, and you're right I mean I, I don't know that I would consider like ukulele or, or those games necessarily adventure games um, because there's like there's like a ratio of like arcade elements to to like story driven elements that I think uh, you know adventure game should really maintain and like so you know point and clicks are, are maybe the most austere example i guess you know where you're it's literally just you and some puzzles and um you know i can see i mean the this is the thing too that's like interesting about about the walking sim right is that like uh there's a threshold there too right because at what point does uh you know does a walking sim become a point click like a 3d point click adventure game is it Inventory puzzles? Is it, uh, you know, uh, yeah, sort of item collection or? I think, I, weirdly, I think dialogue has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, because in, in all the ones that you can really, all the ones I can think of in my mind that were successful, Gone Home, uh, Edith Finch, uh, um, Ether One, there's a, a another one that was made by another people, another group of people from from Mist called um, uh, what was it called? Abduction. Abduction. Right. Thank you. Yeah, um, they were all lacking mostly, for the most part, in dialogue. Whereas like a point and click adventure is just walls of text, uh, right? With right, sometimes well. voice acting as well, but there's usually subtext or subtitles with walls of text, and then choices to respond that sort of thing. So that's interesting because it, it actually, I, I feel like it, um, uh, it's an interesting point. I agree with you. I associate, you know, dialogue trees are like a super fundamental part of adventure games. Um, and yet, uh, like Myst, for instance, like didn't have them. It, like minimal I'm dialogue. I consider that so, a puzzle game. More right, right, right. More than an adventure game. Um, yeah. That was closer to like The Witness. You know, where it's just walking around solving puzzles. Does the witness have a story and like an overarching world? I never played. If it. if it does, it's very 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 vague and subtle. Uh, yeah, it's not. But for the most part, I don't. I wouldn't even consider it a story oriented game. Uh, by the way, I want to point out too that Vance, who, who I don't think is here, but um, who who does our indie fireside, his game uh, is actually uh, mostly in three D. Uh, he makes it in, in Unity, I believe, um, and his is actually more of a traditional point-and-click, uh, just just in 3D. So there there is an exception now. I think about it. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, I think uh, you know, especially like sort of the middle the middle age of uh, of like point-and-click adventure games. A lot of those were were done in 3D. Frequently, they were done you know, with like pre-rendered backgrounds. 
and then you have like a 3D character you control. But then you have like like Grim Fandango, which very early on was a fully 3D world with a fully 3D character who could move in in multiple directions. Yeah, I guess that's kind of like like Vance's game where it's it's like a fixed camera for the most part, right? I'm, I gotta play like, this. I was hoping that, that he would actually be in the chat tonight because uh, because we were talking about adventure games. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's it, it is interesting too what you what you say about Mist being a puzzle game because it really does it really does toe that line right and and I feel like I feel like the early in the early days the adventure game was was almost exclusively a puzzle game you had like yeah. Zork, um, which started in the in the text based era and like eventually came sort of forward into three D, um, then you have the Mist series and then you have have ones that are like. Yeah, I, I feel the Mist, Mist did a pretty good job of, of incorporating it. it. It had all these like mechanical puzzles. It's always about like figuring out how to use some sort of alien technology or, or, or machinery um, in the context of like a broader story arc, uh, you know, which is basically about uh, this like, right. The, the, it's basically the, the, you're, you're like following this, this sort of declining aristocratic uh, family from this lost culture who who uh, have this this sort of internal politics over their craft, which just happens to be the like writing of, of book-based worlds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought that they did a pretty good job of incorporating their puzzles into that. By contrast, another early puzzle game or adventure game, quote unquote, like The Seventh Guest, uh, was sort of a, a ghost story uh, like tacked on to uh, more like obvious, like transparent puzzle mechanics where you're exploring the haunted house and all of a sudden you like have to play tic-tac-toe or you like <laughs> have to do like a sliding tile puzzle or something. Well, that's, just, um, that's just bad immersion. Right. It just, it, it doesn't immerse, it doesn't immerse me at all. And so the, the sort of veneer, the illusion is, 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 uh, what do you, what do you consider? I mean, what about hidden object games? Yeah, well, a, a very popular but but not very talked about genre. It's it's so funny you should mention that because because there's a lot of like bleed over these days I think between the traditional point clicks and the hidden object games. And if you're not careful, you can end up accidentally buying a hidden object game that was intended to be marketed more towards like soccer moms playing on a tablet. Yeah. Um, but, By the way, I play them occasionally. I think they're kind of. They're nice to like just, but, you know, it's, it's nothing. Not, you know, did not think. <laughs> John, you could be a soccer mom too. It's, it's all good. I, you know, no, I'm not passing judgment here. Anyway. Oh, I can go into like the grocery market and yell at the deli workers for. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why not? Right. You I'll know, be Karen. This is 2018. <laughs> we can do whatever <laughs> we want. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, there are there are a few that that I actually have played and liked. Actually, there's one. There's one in particular that I played and I like, and I said, you know, this is definitely a hidden object game, but it is almost a point-and-click adventure game. And that's a game called Tormentum Dark Sorrow, I believe is its full title. Tormentum, uh, didn't they just come out? Am I thinking of the wrong thing? I thought they just did like a remake. Ooh. Really? I might be thinking, no, I might be thinking of the wrong thing, but the name sounds familiar. Um, yeah, so Tor- Tormentum is like an, an absolutely gorgeously illustrated uh, dark fantasy uh, hidden object game uh, that's like 
heavily inspired by like black metal and dark souls uh very very cool game uh very very like rich atmosphere very very compelling storyline um and yet fundamentally yes like a, a slightly more it's not strictly i spy the way some of these point clicks are or some of these hidden object games are but definitely there like not not a proper like hardcore uh, point click adventure game um so to answer your question, it, it's like it's it's funny. It's a fine line. There's this convergence of these subgenres that sort of imply the the common heritage of, of like mist and, and and even if you divide it into subgenres, like you said, there's always crossover. So all you can really do is 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 separate them by like the most the biggest mechanic in the game. Yeah. So is it a point and click? Is it a walking simulator? Is it you know whatever it is. Um, I, I, I'd like to see, I'd love, I'd love to see really a, a resurgence of, uh, of mist likes, which have yet to enjoy the, the revitalization that, that I feel like they've been pushing, thing. they've been pushing for it, but it hasn't really caught on yet. Are there some, are, are there any examples that you've seen that are, that are really attempting to, to, uh, break through it. At oh, the like moment. I said, it's like the the old mist. It's like the the mist devs that made you know mist and, and uh, was it Raven or something? Raven, yeah. Um, Raven, that's right. Um, you know, like with with abduction and now with uh, with Chuck making uh, from Year Games making uh, Zed. Um, there's another one called. Oh, there's another one called. Uh, there's another one called Homesick. That we covered a lot. You know, I've been ago. I've been looking at that game periodically. Uh, uh, Zach in chat good? says says, is it Kern? Is that how you pronounce it? Kern, 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 something like that. Yeah, I, uh, I I've been looking at that as well. That looks very much, in fact, specifically like Riven, um, just from the screenshots, which very intriguing to me. There's another game too that we covered like <laughs> on episode like two or three of the show. Um, and they ended up splitting it apart, but oh, what was it called? The lo- this the lost city, the sun, the sunken city, Levi- something like that. Leviathan, the old city. That one, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one I would consider kind of a mislike. It is. That's a that's a it's a fantastic game. The, the it it it's more of a walking simulator, I think, because I I don't think it has any proper puzzles, but the environment certainly. Uh, had this like sort of mist-like surrealistic quality. Yeah. I loved that game. I, I I keep meaning to go back and play but it. But they again. never have they ever like continued with the because they were gonna make. They made it seem like they were gonna make more episodes. Quote of it. Um. Yeah. I, I I never heard anything else about them post mod softworks. As far as I know, that was their only game. And it's not difficult to imagine that it wasn't successful enough for them. It, I don't think it was, but it's still a shame. Yeah, because that, that, that game was something special. I, I remember firing it up and, and just having it be a lot richer and a lot deeper than, than I had expected. Mm. Um, it is certainly not one of these, like, rickety, uh, <laughs> you know, rickety, cobbled together, uh, you know, walking sims that so frequently bleed through into steam. So. But... Uh, yeah, I don't, don't really have anything more cohesive this week other than, than sort of that question. So. All right. 
sounds like you're, <laughs> you're in agreement that, that uh, uh, yeah, adventure games, uh, it's a broad category. It's difficult. And tell, your, tell your friend, if he's still alive, that he needs to fucking calm down, man. <laughs> Oh yeah, well, well. Immediately after he said that, he like literally had seventeen dudes on him, being like, "You have to finish this game. Shut the fuck up, or we'll <laughs> like finish it for you and make you watch." Well, that said, uh, coming up next is starting right. But first, uh, hopefully, this is a pleasant surprise to all of you. But I decided to do this at some point, and we're we'll probably gonna do uh, some more. Um, up next, between our breaks, we've got a bit of a commercial, but. The commercial I made myself. It could be really, really stupid to you, or it could be funny. I don't know. But the point is, is that I want to push uh, because you know they they support us, and I'd like to support them more. And also to point out the fact that you can actually, if anyone is interested in advertising on the show, that you can actually um, essentially commission one of these commercials if you do in fact like it. Uh, it'd be in this kind of a style. So that said. Uh, we'll be right back after this message. <laughs> hey! You okay, buddy? I... Oh, God! I... I, I need more of games to play. You got any on you? Come on, man! Don't hold out on me! Whoa, 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 whoa. Take it easy. I don't have anything like that. Oh, God. I can't take it. <laughs> but I know where you can get some of the good stuff. What? Really? Oh, yeah. It's a place called Itch.io. Just head to bit.ly slash itch.igr. They have tons of indie games for you there. From big names to hidden gems. Many of them are even free, so you can stop sucking alleyway dick for 25 cents a pop. Wow. That sounds great! Sure is. Itch.io may not cure the itch in your pants, but it will cure your itch for indies. Just make sure you support the devs when you get back on your feet. So how about you stop crying like a little punk-ass bitch and come with me to fix the itch? I'll even give you an indie news injection to take the edge off in the meantime. You know what? That sounds great. Uh, do you, uh, still want me to suck your dick? <laughs> Your mouth looks like a bulldog was hit by a truck while eating a jar of mayonnaise, so... No, not in the least. (laughs) (laughs) This week on Starting the Riot, trying to project so my voice doesn't break. Uh, we've Eric. got we've got another uh, dystopian uh, Big Brother 1984-esque uh, game coming at you called Do Not Feed the Monkeys by uh, Fict- if I can pronounce it the right way uh, Fictior- Fictiorama I believe Fictiorama Studios and Batland Games they both worked on this uh, as the developers um, so yeah, don't feed, do not feed the monkeys is, uh, they call it, they call it, a, a, they make it sound worse than I think what it is, but maybe not. They call it a digital voyeur simula- simulator 
um, where you can monitor strangers through webcams and surveillance cameras. You can pry into people's private lives, uh, strangers at that. You can experience fun, surprising, horrific, and dramatic theme narratives, which, as as disgusting as that would make you feel, uh, hopefully anyway, uh, I feel like in in a gameplay aspect, the, the narrative part of it, the fact that you just, uh, the fact that you can just kind of sink your teeth into the like these living stories is kind of cool. Oh man, um, but you also. Go ahead. I was gonna ask. Did you say that this um, that this game has some sort of connection to be Beholder? Uh, I think Badland Games was the one that made Beholder, which is also like the dystopian like spy camera type thing, watching strangers. Um, it's not the exact same thing. I would say this is actually kind of. I don't really want to compare it to any anything within like this similar genre. Is it? It's unique. You would say. Yeah, it's. I don't want to compare it to any of this similar genre of like the voyeurism type thing because there's, there's like the, uh, um, uh, observer and observer two, which is going to come out soonish, um, and then there's another one uh, called Orwell, that actually uh, was very successful. <clears throat> it's it's kind of a cross between both I would say almost although I think this is more this is I don't know this is very much its own style um, if, if I had to compare it's probably more Orwell than, than I think the other one because just simply because you're on a computer a lot of the times whereas uh, the other one you're, you're it's more of uh, you're more walking around talking to people and that sort of thing um, within the within the building interesting uh, anyway it says you also have to keep your personal life uh, safe and secure so they, they there's a cover that you're like part of a group that does this and, and so you have a cover uh, of being a wildlife conservation society called the primate observation club uh, which <clears throat> you know they're insulting people that they're watching obviously by calling them monkeys and uh, the one rule is that you do not interact with the observed subjects aka do not feed the monkeys so which leads me to believe that the narratives that you will be following are going to hold some sort of ethical dilemma of like, oh my God, maybe I should do something about this. Uh, but you're not supposed to, and there might be issues if you do. Um, that sort of thing. Uh, I think I think this game looks kind of silly, right? But I feel like this is going to be one of those games that are actually darker than what it is. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it has some like, depth to it. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and also, um, I believe there's a little bit of like a, a, a mystery aspect to it too, where you're like kind of, uh, solving a, an ongoing mystery through, through watching these people too. And you're like taking notes and that sort of stuff throughout the game, um, is what it looks like to me. Um, unfortunately we haven't, I haven't been able to actually play it. So I'm basing it off of gameplay I've watched and, uh, and, and the website information, that sort of stuff. So, um, would you be interested in playing this or does it make you feel yes worse? yeah no 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 i uh, i am absolutely interested in playing this game it looks fascinating if given the opportunity would you be paid to do this aka the patriot act um probably not though no. if you were paid a thousand dollars a day 
Yeah, well, I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. It's, is there a money line? I want to know. I want to know where your where your sleaze level is. Yeah. No, no, I mean, uh, you know, thousand dollars a day is is pretty tempting. But here here's the real issue. I I highly doubt that I could ever obtain the security clearance to get a job like this. You smoked weed once. Yeah, exactly. Fuck off. Uh, so so it's a it's a question that that I fortunately will never have to uh, really grapple with. Now you're up in fucking. High Canada. This <laughs> is a double meaning now. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so do not feed the monkeys. Currently on Steam, I should have opened that. Oh, I do have it open. Look at me. Uh, currently on Steam for eleven ninety nine. You can buy a bundle which has. Um, let me see. So friends, blah, 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 blah. one of two items. What is, what is it? Is that what's in the surveillance bundle? Because apparently I own whatever's in that bundle. Let me see it. Hold on. Oh yeah, it has a um, it has observer in it. That's what it is. Uh, you can buy the surveillance bundle, which has observer in it for actually cheaper. What? Interestingly, it's cheaper than than purchasing the game straight out. Well, maybe it is because I already own observer. I think that's what's going on. So anyway, it's twenty percent off both games together if you buy the bundle. And uh, why does my music keep pausing? What the hell's going on here? Did it end? Apparently it ended. Start over here. Uh, hold on a sec. Gotta start it over. That's what I gotta do. There it is. And then there's another bundle where you can get <clears throat> Do Not Feed the Monkeys and I'm Not a Monster. So between the two companies that worked on this uh observer being badland games uh previous game you can get that bundle or you can get the other game which was, i believe is made by fictiorama uh which is i'm not i'm not a monster so anyway i really like these kinds of games um you can do these things without actually having to be a sleazeball if that's what you're into i actually kind of like the aesthetic too it reminds me of um day of the tentacle is that what the, uh, yes, yeah, it has you know, really so. strong early uh, early LucasArts vibe to it. Yeah. All right. Um. Anyway, speaking of peeping on people, I think it's time to move on the peep show. Please give all your attention to early access. <laughs> This week on Peep Show, <clears throat> we've got the leftover from the Halloween episode that I wanted to cover, uh, but you know we had to pick one, so we went with the other one because I knew I was going to cover the other one, uh, whichever one we did pick in a later episode. Anyway, this one is called, excuse me, Emyor. Oh, I think my voice is leaving me even more now. Uh, Emyor is made by Wither Studios. <clears throat> and I really like the, um, again, we're talking about aesthetics a lot today, but I really like the aesthetics of this one as well. Uh, That's basically, really nice art, uh, artwork. Yeah. Basically, you're, you're this guy who ends up in this, uh, I don't know what, actually, what you would call it. I guess it's kind of a mansion, but it's, it's very, um, non Euclidean in a way where, you know, hallways just seem to go on forever. But, um, 
you end up in and there's a big mystery so i don't know like the full story nor do i want to spoil it anyway but you get this little stone thing that you're seeing in the gameplay and it reveals messages and hidden things around this building and then you talk to this weird dude who's like fucking with you it seems like but he's also kind of helping you out but i don't you don't know really how uh how benevolent or malevolent it is um the fact that he's helping you but there's doors in this mansion that lead you to these other uh places where people have died and you have to discover how they died and uh whether or not you want to save their souls essentially um so in this early access game there's only one of those things that you can go into uh currently one of those other uh, areas where some where people have died and it's this burning building uh where there's this building that burned down and there's this monster who's dressed like a firefighter uh who's essentially chasing you the entire time you know you have to hide from him run for them while also talk to these other ghosts and whatnot and figure out what uh, what happened to them so you can save them or not depending because there's like some moral dilemma some of these people might be bad and deserve it or whatever or you could say okay they should be redeemed for whatever reason um, and there's a lot of like looping around monsters a lot of hiding uh, it gets pretty tense and uh, it is pretty scary the whole atmosphere is really creepy um, I, as, as a connoisseur of horror games what do you think of it Oh, uh, I, I, I uh, actually, I was thinking about buying it immediately, but I see that it's not yet available. What? You should be able to play it. <coughs> um. Hold on a second. Now I gotta look. There's a demo. It's a, it's a demo. That's what it is. They split it up into a demo instead of early access now. So if you yeah, go into the store and search in your um, There'll be a mirror demo. Will it'll be say a mirror, mirror demo. Yeah, and it's free, by the way. <coughs> it was early access, but I think they might have moved it to a demo, which kind of makes sense, actually. Um, <clears throat> it kind of makes sense because it is a huge portion of the game that's missing. Usually, early access has like a large chunk of the game already. This is definitely more like a demo since you're only playing like the very first part of it. Um, but yeah, I highly suggest trying it out since it's free, Ian. Um, yeah, I definitely will. Very good uh, storytelling, I think, with that and, and, and the fact that you're discovering these people's uh, deaths and, and also what's happening to you. There's a mystery there that you don't figure out. And, uh, and there's really good character development among uh, environmental uh, clues and lore and things like that. Yeah. Um, there's a very Silent Hills aspect to it too when you go to these other worlds um, in my opinion anyway not that it's like anywhere close to Silent Hills but it, for whatever reason it gives me that same feeling of being closed off from the rest of the world in this weird yeah. foggy it's place like a, like a purgatory yeah sort. yeah 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 that sort of thing that's, that's exactly what it is um, there's a little bit of puzzles too. Uh, you're collecting items and that sort of thing. There's an inventory. It's just there's multiple ways to go about things. Um, not that it's not it's not really choice based, except for the fact that you choose whether or not to save people's souls. But there are multiple things that you can do and ways that you can do them. Um, 
but it's just not very focused on that, I would say. It's mostly focused on getting to the end of the story and figuring out what's going on. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, that's a Muir by Wither Studios. Currently, uh, now changed, uh, as we found out. Uh, it is a free demo on Steam, and then the page itself, you can still wishlist it, which I highly suggest. Very, very cool uh, game uh, that you should wishlist and play later. I'm trying really hard to get through with my voice. It's okay. I'll take. I'll take prune. All right. Uh, so that said, uh, good job, guys. <clears throat> Going mobile. <laughs> Ow. Oh. <gasps> this week on. Going mobile, we'll be talking about a game called Prune. So I was just telling Josh when I uh, first saw that we were doing Prune, I, I had like a, a profound sense of deja vu. I was like, I'm pretty sure I played a game like this, but I feel like it was a long time ago. Turns out that it was a long time ago, um, but that this game has recently been updated just this year, uh, just minorly. Uh, and it is a really interesting game, so I'm glad that we are, are, are revisiting it. It's um, it's incredibly brief. Uh, as I recall, you can play through the entire thing in about 45 minutes, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, I think it's one of those games that you're kind of... Like, you can get through it because it's there's like a slight puzzle aspect to it. Yeah. But it's more of a game... Where it's supposed to be zen, it's supposed to, you're supposed to relax and just kind of take your time and. Right, it's like it's like it's definitely a meditative experience. I, I think it's sort of the more mature or or like artsy realization of like Fruit Ninja, <laughs> um, but it 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 involves sort of sort of the simulation of of tending to a to a to a bonsai tree kind of, or it's really just a regular tree, but it's uh, similar in its presentation to. You know the ceremony of of tending to a to a bonsai or whatever. I wonder, um, I wonder how they would feel about being compared to Fruit Ninja. Well, but favorably compared, like let's say they're being, you know, uh, Fruit but Ninja, yeah. the art the art masterpiece of our time. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes it takes an uncommon mind to change the world. Just, just leave it at that. Fruit Ninja tries its best, you know, and uh, but but yeah, Prune, so Prune, you know, particularly in its, uh, you know, sort of, you know, swipe interface, obviously, like, designed uh, to maximize the immersive potential of a touch screen. Don't tell my colleague, Erdem, why can't I just click on the branch and have it cut itself <laughs> off? Uh, but no, um, everything I remember about this game, and I, I, I'm getting the sense that this is basically everybody's takeaway. It's a very, very popular game, it seems, um, is that it's uh, you know very understated and poetic uh, experience. You know, meditative, like you said, very zen. Um, so yeah, if you are a person who struggles with high anxiety, like myself, perhaps you should give Prune a try. I'm not a doctor, uh, so I can't prescribe prune or tell you that it will cure your anxiety per se, but I can recommend it as a co-host of Indie Game Riot. 
and I'm using my most hypnotic and zen tone of voice to suggest to you that you you take part in this in this experience. Recommended by nine out of ten podcasters. <laughs> Recommended by nine out of ten pot smoker. That's it. It's a good uh, game. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. In all seriousness, it is absolutely beautiful. Oh, I, I feel like it would make you think a little bit too deeply if you were, if you were smoking. <laughs> yeah, it what does it mean, man? Down that, down that rabbit hole. What does it mean? <clears throat> it is, uh, it's definitely cool, though. Uh, is, is there a cost on it? I forget if there's a cost on it. There is a cost. It's uh, about, uh, looks like about $4. I'm not sure if that's U.S. or Canadian. Uh, three nine on the on the uh, Google Play Store. Oh, I got it. I can I can get it up. I'm gonna look. <clears throat> there we go. Sometimes oh, my yeah. Sometimes my browser shows me Canadian dollars. Sometimes it shows me regular dollars. Three ninety nine. <laughs> regular real, dollars. Real dollars. <laughs> the only one that matters. This fake Canadian money. Oh, it, it, um, I became the most popular person at, in my class by uh, one of the very first days. I was like, I'm going to go and get, you know, an iced coffee from this shop. And they were like, but it's so expensive. It's like $4.50 for an iced coffee. I'm going to say, yeah, but I pay with real money. <laughs> <laughs> Do they take American money? Uh, well, no, but but uh, my, uh, my obviously my my bank account is American, and uh, does it automatically transfer? Well, I I I'm keeping my bank account in the, in the states, so um, yeah, but I, I, mean, but I can use my I can use my my debit card, so it automatically transfers over to Canadian. Yes, sir. For the couple, oh, that's cool. Interesting. I can use ATMs. I can use whatever. Hmm. Uh, well. You know what you can do with some of that real American money? Donate it. You can even do it with the fake Canadian money. I could, I could put it, give it to your Patreon. You can go, to the, go give it to the Patreon. Help us out. Go to patreon.com slash Riot. I'm trying to get through this really hard. <laughs> yeah, so so go to, go to patreon.com. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to do this. There's so much fancy stuff that you do. Just um, we, we have a Twitter. We have a Facebook we have a website and we have some email. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Discord too. Uh, do we Twitch? Is there something about Twitch Prime memberships that's that's special? Sure. Okay. Um, subscribe with your Twitch Prime membership. Subscribe with your Twitch Prime membership because that helps us out, even if you're politically opposed to supporting Patreon because of the drama that they're involved in that I'm never clear on, but I know exists. It's over now, but it's over still now. salty about it. <laughs> it was, they were uh, making people salty. Some people are still salty. If you are a salty person, then you can subscribe to Twitch Prime instead of going to Patreon. Um, also, uh, yeah, follow us on Twitter. You can always swing through our Discord, uh, our Indie Game Riot Discord, where you can chat with us in real time. And while uh, we have these Twitter handles below us, that's our personal ones. The one is at IGR Podcast. At IGR Podcast, yeah. you heard the man. Uh, he's 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 trying desperately to communicate with you. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of episode one sixty two of uh, Indie Game Riot. Uh, would you like to say your goodbye, sir? 
Goodbye, sir. And goodbye to you. Once again, I'm Ian McCarran. Josh is hopefully going to make it through the night. His name is Josh Musser, and this is Indie Game Riot. Have a good night. Say Indie Game Riot one more time. Indie Game Riot one more time. <laughs>